What's up, everybody? Bro and sis. Uh, guys, I'm Ben. I'm with Andy and Kelly, brother and sister. Brother one and sister one. Uh, this is so much fun. This is the first time we've done this. Um, we are live here, and I think we're live on Facebook, uh, maybe YouTube. I'm not quite sure. Let's see here. We're taping this. I've got my podcaster on. That's why I have the mic. Uh, Kelly, how you doing? I'm doing great, bro. How about you? <laughs> yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a real look into the life of the Rogers kids. So buckle in. Uh, That's right. This is what it's really like. So <laughs> this is this is real life. It's Saturday. Um, you know, Kelly, you 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 changed outfits um, in the in the. We have this little thing where it's a. Uh, we have a, a green room. We have a virtual green room, and Kelly was in her her Peyton Manning jersey, and uh, it is a Vol Saturday, and yeah. the, the three of us are, are huge Vol fans, uh, and so is Todd. Todd's a a huge Vol fan, yeah. um, so so we're, we're we're excited for for Georgia. Um, that's not what this uh, that's not what today's show's about. Um, we're not going to do a a commentary on uh, Tennessee versus Georgia, although I'm predicting a Tennessee win. Uh, is he, you guys, you guys have a prediction? Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I can't see who's, who's in here, but uh, if you're, if you're watching, uh, thank you. Um, but one of the best uh, pieces of content we do is when, is when Andy, um, talks about vol football and <laughs> <laughs> really good. He knows everything. About I remember football. watching all the games from the stacks in the library. <laughs> when, when, when he talks about, you know, all the, all the stats, you know, he knows them. Um, he knows yeah, them in and out. A good team this year. I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to get in there, fight hard. Um, hey, you know what's interesting? Both Andy and Ben played football for one day. Andy, one day in high school, and Ben, one day in middle school. It was, I mean, they were good. Honestly, uh, I I just wanted to be part of the cool kids. Did you so, actually yeah. play in high school, Andy? No, I didn't. I you played for one day. It was hilarious. No, I I thought about playing for one day. I didn't even. I didn't go anywhere. Do I didn't know. I didn't actually play. <laughs> Uh, I actually did. I, I, I did spring practice uh, one to two weeks um, before my, my eighth grade year in middle school. And I stood out until we started opening things up to where it was tackle. Um, everything before, uh, when it was like, you know, two-hand touch and we weren't allowed to tackle people, I was doing great. Um, but then when it became, you know, a little more um, real, uh, that's, when, that's when I decided to call it a career. Um, Kelly played more football than both of us have with Powder Puff. That's yeah. true. That's one hundred percent true. What was uh, um, fly, like two hand touch or whatever turned quickly into tackle with Kelly. Kelly, Kelly is shockingly good at football. If you if you ever you know see her on the beach or or out by the lake and and you guys are tossing around a football, she can she can launch it. I think she has a better arm than 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 you, Andy. Oh uh, yeah, Kelly, you definitely have a body built for football. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, a linebacker is what I've been, you know, yeah. compared to. So that's pretty nice. Thank you guys. 
<laughs> well, uh, well, guys, this is uh, this is a, a new format of the carb watch, and 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 I'm super pumped for it. Um, this, as you can see, we've got we've got our, our logos up here. This is one of our um, our main shows on performance medicine audio, and and we're going to try to bring a lot of value to the people out there watching, whether that's um, later on in the recorded version or live. Um, we're excited to to be here, and I really want to talk to to you two. Um, being experts in, in carbs and, and how you guys do it, um, it's you know, gosh, let's let's just do a quick recap. Um, when when were you diagnosed with type one, uh, Andy? Uh, I was diagnosed in high, my sophomore year of high school. Sophomore so, year. What year was that? Um, not not to show your age. I'm not trying to like call you out yeah. on how old you are. Think well, back, I, think back. Really think about it. <laughs> uh, I had a, a Botox treatment about a month ago so that you would not tell how old I am. Um, that was in 2004. 2004? Summer, summer of 2004. So, and Kelly, uh, when, when, were, when were you diagnosed? Um, in 1998. And you were, gosh, how old? What's it? <laughs> it was the year that Titanic was out in theaters. It's, yeah, the year Titanic set sail into the theater. <laughs> I'll actually never forget that. Uh, the the uh, I'll never forget the 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 Mountain Dews and just how long that movie was. Just yeah, to, Mountain Dews, the the Crunch Bars, um, which were my personal favorite. The Four Beans, <laughs> my personal favorite foods were. Um, and I went by what uh, my mom ate, which was a diet consisting of Taco Bell, Mountain Dew, Miss Winter cinnamon buns in the morning. Um, See, I don't know how I got diabetes. It's, it's so weird. It's like, yeah, this, let's, not, let's not confuse people. That doesn't cause type one diabetes, but yeah, when you got diagnosed, it looked really bad. And that was definitely that was pre-performance medicine days. Uh, and 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 you know, you know, one of the big things that you know, you know, we changed as a family was 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 how we ate. And you know, and Dr. Rogers, our dad, is is um, you know talks a lot about you know in a weird way, not being able to, to really help, um, with nutrition and stuff. This was, you know, way back when, and that's really how he started to, you know, start this journey of, of preventative medicine and, and looking into, um, other things like nutrition and, uh, and he's always been into exercise and stuff, but, uh, but let's, you know, let's talk about carbs. Um, this is the, the carb watch and, and what, Andy, what's been, you know, one of your biggest, strategies um in terms of just keeping track of your carbs uh how do you look at things what's your you know what's your mindset um the first mindset is really just to start counting and then you start to get i've had i've had diabetes for 17 years kelly's probably had it for 25 26 so when you do it it's you you eat every day you don't go days without eating normally unless you're fasting so you start to notice repetition. You start to uh, to get the quick the quick calculations in your head on how much does a medium sized apple have, and you get really good at guesstimating, which can also be to your detriment as well. Because technically, we should be strict carb counting with everything that we eat. But um, getting used to nutrition labels, not being fooled by serving sizes, um, and and to uh, uh, serving sizes when there's not a nutrition label like if somebody puts a spoonful of green beans on your plate how you can quickly guesstimate that in your head of about how many carbs are in it 
Well, what about you, Kelly? Because you know, I've been I watched you eat a lot, and and I know that a, a lot of. <laughs> 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 you know, with football, you really have to get your carbs in. Yeah, uh, it, it, I'm. I'm sorry that that came out that came out totally wrong. Um, but you know, my my point was, you know, over the years, I, I've seen you be able to do all this in your head. And, you know, give us some of your, you know, strategies, philosophies around counting carbs throughout the day. Um, basically, I have in my head two numbers, six and four. Okay. <clears throat> so if I see something um, like if I'm going to have like a sandwich, like a just say like a almond butter and jelly sandwich um, i'm gonna think in my head automatically <clears throat> like five units um i go i think in my head like units rather than carbs everything to me is around like 30 grams i mean i, I don't know just it's in my head is that and um apples are probably the most deceiving thing you don't realize how many carbs in one apple apples are good for you but i mean Fruit, it, yeah, like if you're not eating berries, which I don't even have to count those. Um, like I could eat berries and it, you know, don't have to give an insulin for it, maybe, maybe a unit or two. But like if I eat an apple or, you know, an orange, um, I'm going to have to give some units for because those are more heavy in carbs. I, I want to dig a little deeper there, Kelly. What, what do you mean when you say you think in terms of units versus carbs, just for the, for the listeners out there? So for every, um, I, I'm, my ratio is one to six. So for every six um, carbohydrates, I give one unit of insulin for. So I'm just thinking in terms, I and that's been that way for like 15 years. That's just been my ratio. So, and when you uh, say that's your ratio, is that, is that kind of what you've noticed about yourself and when you feel the best? Um, no, it just, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's, it's so, so all type ones are given something called an insulin carb ratio. It's called ICR. And it's basically, it's, it's based on a weight-based calculation and then through disease pro, uh, progress on, on how much beta cell destruction there is and how much endogenous insulin you're making, that changes with time. So my ICR is one to 10 uh, and Kelly's is one to six. Kelly's had diabetes much longer than I have. And two, her response, her insulin response to carbohydrates because insulin responds to carbs and a little bit to fats uh, it is, is technically more strict than, than mine is because you, what you do is you look at your blood sugars over the day and you do a strict carb count. You give a strict unit of insulin with it and see what your blood sugar does afterwards, about two hours afterwards. Uh, that's when it should be doing its best. If you're still high, then your insulin carb ratio goes up. So like if, if my, if I gave one to 10, so mine's 10 and and I notice that my blood sugars are still high post bolus or after eating, then mine would increase and I'd go one to eight or then one to seven. And you guys are going by, by hard numbers here by checking your blood sugar, not necessarily always going by feeling. Is that right? Uh, 
Hannah Cox would like to FaceTime right now. So just saying. Tell tell, tell oh, Hannah yeah. to, to hop on Facebook and, and join us live here. Um, Don't FaceTime yeah, with us. She can tell us a lot more about this too. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I, I just find it fascinating, you know, because one of the things that, you know, Dr. Rogers has been, you know, super adamant about is is how, you know, the way um, someone with type 1 diabetes goes about their day is is something that, you know, everyone can really benefit from. And, you know, why, and I'll, Kelly, I'll start with you. You know, for the listeners out there, for the, for the people watching, you know, who, who don't have type 1 diabetes but do want to control their carbs because they understand, you know, uh, insulin resistance, et cetera, you know, how can, how can they kind of take some of the mindset that you guys have uh, into their life, you know, um, you know, from a, from a carb counting standpoint, from, you know, the, what, what you said about the apple is really interesting to me because um, I think of an apple as being something that's really good for you. And, and that could, um, you know, spike your blood sugar, you know, whether you have type one diabetes or not. Um, so what, any advice you have for the people who are kind of taking this idea that, you know, the way that, someone growing up with type 1 diabetes eats is something that can really help them if they're if they're trying to have more energy lose weight etc what's your you know what's your kind of you know top top couple tips there think of yourself okay as having a Okay, think of yourself as you, you're a type 1 diabetic and just saying, do I, is this worth giving a shot for? I also, you know, think that like, if I, I want to lose weight, I'm like, you know, okay, do I really want to stick myself with a needle for this? No, most of the time, no. Um, so just think, you know, hey, is this worth it? Like, and if it's not worth it, just spit it right back out. I'm <laughs> kidding. But, um, you know, really think like, what you put in your mouth, like, is this worth how I'm going to feel? How, you know, if I'm going to eat a cinnamon bun, that better be a darn good cinnamon bun because I'm giving a shot for it. And I'm probably not going to feel great afterwards. So yeah. I would think in terms of, is this worth feeling bad later? Is this worth having a busted can of biscuits over later? You know, busted can of biscuits is when a girl tries to zip up her jeans and then your fat spills over and you know, everybody's like, Oh, but, um, is it worth the weight? Is it worth the feeling bad? For, for those listening on the podcast, I really wish you could have seen Andy's face when, uh, when, when Kelly came up with a, a new term here, uh, Andy, that's not a term. It's in the urban dictionary. It's <laughs> not new, oh, but Kelly, you do make it. That's, that's a good point. There was a good point in there. Um, <laughs> there, there was one, no, I'm just kidding. That's a good point with you still, I mean, people feel bad. I don't feel good after eating a brownie afterwards. 30 minutes later, I don't feel good. It is very instantly, it's instant reward. And But 30 minutes to an hour later, you don't feel good. That is your body telling you, don't eat that again. That's what, you know, when your body is telling you like, man, I feel awful after I eat dairy products, probably got something wrong with you wrong. That's not digesting that lactose. Like it should be your body's trying to tell you something. Your body is very smart. Listen so, to your body, listen to your body. But also further on that point, when Kelly talks about the apple, I think that's a great point because most people think carbs and they think pizza, pasta, mm -hmm. bread. Okay. Cut out the carbs. You're good. So many things have carbs in it. Fruits have carbs. Carbs are just carbon 
hydrogen and oxygen. It, it's 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 a long string of those three. It's organic. It's an organic molecule. You learn this in organic chemistry. It's an organic molecule that then breaks down into glucose, fructose. So fructose is sugar found in fruits. So fruits have carbs in it as well. Naturally occurring sugars are better for you than other than other refined sugars because you're getting other things in with with apples you're getting fiber it's it's naturally producing and it should be endemic to your area that you're eating the fruits we don't live on an island so we don't really make bananas here in east tennessee so i with a lot of like what fruits and vegetables we should be eating should be coming sourced locally if that makes sense too so that's kind of where uh natural carbs get out of whack i think when people talk about high glycemic index like bananas and apples versus low glycemic index like berries a lot of it depends on what's outside your front door so and i think you know you've talked a lot about this andy uh are you saying that natural carbs are by nature better for you i I mean it sounds kind of obvious but natural carbs are better for you than say you know something that's more processed that has this maybe the same amount of carbs Yes, yes, yes. yes. Not all carbs are equal. Uh, And two, uh, a lot of it it depends on the intensity of the sweetness. So refined sugars that are made in a lab um, are going to be way more intensely sweet and therefore more potentially addicting than naturally occurring carbs in in that sweetness. When we talk about carbs, we're talking about it breaking into sugar, which is why Kelly and I talk about insulin because insulin responds to carbs. And that's what we've gotten good at, too, is knowing what free foods are. We call them free foods, meats, cheeses. Kelly said if she has a couple berries, she's not giving insulin. That's because for her, the carb count is negligible. I, I, I love that term. And honestly, I, I don't know if I've ever heard you guys talk about that, the free food idea. And, and Kelly, what, what are some of your free foods again? Andy just mentioned you know a couple with meats and cheeses. Uh, any other free foods out there for the people who are you know, really wanting to, to, to watch their cars, but not necessarily wanting to deprive themselves of, of eating, you know, what's some of your stuff that, that you consider a free food? Air. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I was waiting for like celery or something. Yeah. Uh, celery. uh, Um, this water tastes good. (laughs) Yeah, um, probably celery. Uh, I mean, cheese. Um, if also, if you eat a lot of like stuff with no carbs, but the, there's always a little bit of carb in there. Um, you know, that adds up, and you're getting you know carbs. Um, I have no idea. I forgot what you just asked me, but I do want to talk about this. Um, <laughs> Diabetic brain fog is the same thing as carb brain fog. So if you are having like, oh, why do I feel so spacey or whatever? Quit eating so many carbs. Skip the drive through. I mean, I literally can't tell people enough. Like, why do I feel like crap? Well, let's see. Because you drive through and get your food three times a day. I mean, at least you eat only three times a day, which you probably don't. You're probably eating in between. Going to the vending machine at work, you know. But um you're going to get the diabetic brain fog. Um, and uh, Wait, what was the question? <laughs> uh, well, it, it's, it started with, you know, free foods, free foods. Um, but man, we're, we're getting, we're, we're speaking real talk here, guys, uh, for the, for the people out there listening. Uh, we're, get, we're getting real. We should call this real talk with Kel. 
I like that. And you, the other thing is, you know, we're, we're not sugarcoating this. The, no. the carb watch is not no about sugarcoating it. No pun intended. We're not sugarcoating it. We're carb-coating it. I just came up with that. Uh, Jenny, who's, who's backstage right now, make sure we take note of that. I think there's, there's something there. Um, so, so that's really interesting. And, and one thing that, that comes to mind as you guys are talking, and, and I know you guys used to do this. I don't know how much uh, a part of it is now in your daily routine, but food journaling, um, I, I mean, just when you think about it, it's like, yes, that can only be good. What's your, Andy, I'll start with you. What's your thoughts on food journaling, you know, in, in, in terms of like understanding what makes you feel good versus what's not, uh, you know, and I kind of, you know, think of the free food idea uh, with this as well. Um, I, I think with what Kelly said earlier, is this food worth giving a shot? Is this food worth writing down? It's that takes effort. Is this food worth Googling and finding out how many carbohydrates in it, writing down and then an hour later, f figuring out how I feel, you, you may end up eating less because of that. So I think that food journaling can have that benefit. Um, but also to just noting, uh, note what patterns are. That's all we do in medicine too. We note for patterns. Does this provide relief of symptoms and what do labs look like? Those are patterns. Uh, same thing with uh, endocrinology. When you're looking at adjusting insulin, you look at the patient's spreadsheet of glucose with their current ratios of what they do with insulin, and then you look for patterns, and then you change based on those patterns. So I, I think food journaling, I mean, on the forefront sounds so annoying. Oh, my God. That sounds so annoying. Writing down everything we – but – I think it'd be super helpful at least doing it and practicing it for a month. And then you'll be able to, Kelly and I don't, we, I mean, uh, Kelly, you can speak for this too. You, I, we're way less involved with cal carb counting now because we've been doing it for so long. Maybe for that first year, I was. Once really you've been through diabetes camp for five years straight, uh, <laughs> you're done writing down your food journals. I mean, no one. No, but if you don't, if you're new to this, yes. If you're, if yeah, you're sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I want to change the way I'm eating. I want to change the carbs, you know, and you're just now learning about this. Yeah. Write it down and look back on it and then burn it. <laughs> but that's a healthy balance. Cause you can get too far in the weeds. Oh, I noticed that I had two Brazilian nuts, but this made me feel like this. And then the wind changed. And then all of a sudden my left toe had, I was like, listen, calm, calm all that stuff down. You can get way too in the weeds. If you, I don't know if you, I've met people like that, that are just a little bit too involved with it. And it gets really fuzzy about what's really causing symptoms and what's not. Yeah. yeah. Be realistic. Don't be ridiculous about it. Yeah. It's like the idea of, you know, with exercise, if you, if you start off with this really complicated exercise program yeah. that, or super yeah. intense, then you're not going to exercise every day. You're going to avoid it. You're going to find reasons not to exercise. It seems it's the same way with, with carb counting, with food journaling, you know, you have to start with, you know, something that you know, you can do something, you know, you can execute on. Um, you know, kind of like you said, Andy, you know, there's gotta be a balance there. And, and, and real quick, before we move on, we've, we've got a few people watching and I want to give a shout out to, to Linda. Linda, we love you. Thank you for, for being Linda. here. Yeah. Um, uh, she's amazing. She's a huge, huge, uh, she is family. Uh, so Linda, thank you for being here. And, and guys, we have a, a question coming in from Megan. Uh, Megan asked, can you give any guidelines on how many carbs a person should typically have in a day? Uh, that's a great question, Megan. And, and I, I want to start with, you know, what you guys yourselves, 
uh, do, and then maybe give give a suggestion for uh, for the listeners out there and for Megan. Uh, Andy, why don't you start? Yeah, so um, I always kind of give a little bit of broad guidance with if you've heard of keto ketogenic diet. Ketogenic means that you're eating so low carb that you're using the breakdown of fats, which are ketones, for energy. Your brain loves ketones. That's usually less than 20 grams a day. That's super, that's basically no carbs. Uh, Low carb can be anywhere from 50, even up to upwards of 70. I always like to start with 50 to 70. If you're going low carb, that's a good way to come down. And think about it this way. A piece of bread usually has 15 grams, like a regular slice of bread. Thicker bread is going to be upwards of 30. A slice of pizza is 30 grams. Uh, a cup of pasta or a cup of rice is usually going to be around 45 to 55 grams. So note where that is and kind of note bacon and eggs in the morning are going to be zero carbs. But if you eat a bowl of cereal, you're going to have 50 to 60 grams already. So you're already hitting your limit for the day. Which which comes, yeah, the other part of that is that's where the free foods really come into play. Uh, if you're trying to keep that carb count between 50 and 70 and, and Kelly, what's your, what's your kind of goal each day and, and what, you know, what do you suggest to people when it comes to carb counts? Um, I like to say everything in moderation, uh, that just works for me. Um, yeah, around 50. I mean, I try to do like, I do it by meal. Like I'm going to probably eat the most carbs personally at dinner. Um, so that's when I take like my gluten shield, my probiotic that helps um, break down the carbs. Um, hey, Kelly, yeah. can I can I ask you just real quick because you mentioned gluten shield and that's been a, a hot topic of late with Dr. Rogers and Performance Medicine Audio. Um, does that um, does gluten shield does that mean that the carbs don't um, translate or transfer into sugar? Uh, like what does that do so that a carb isn't quite as bad for you or has it allow you to tolerate it better? What's your understanding of that? I know you're not a, a vitamin, you know, expert per se, but I know you take it and I know you take a lot of vitamins yourself. And, um, I don't know if it, if you've seen an impact on your blood sugar by you, by taking gluten shield and still maybe consuming, uh, maybe a few more carbs than you would normally. Um, I just don't get like the brain fog when I take it. Yeah, it just it helps break down um, the parts of the carbohydrate that make you feel like crap. Um, and it also has probiotics and prebiotics in it, which I really like. Um, I also take an anti-adipocyte. Uh, it's a life extension vitamin before um, like two times a day. And that helps um, the fat and what you're eating not multiply. Um, in your body for women, it, it multiplies a lot quicker than men. So that's a good thing. Um, I'm actually, I, I say that word again, because I don't know that I've heard uh, Dr. Rogers mention that much. You, anti-adipocyte? Anti-adipocyte, yeah. And you take that twi- twice a day? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you look at what that word, adipose is fat. So adipose tissue, fat. Mm-hmm. And so that's adipocyte like breakdown of fats uh also too lipase anything with lip think of fats so so you would take that with in conjunction with uh probiotic so you take both of them you don't have to i mean but the the idea behind the probiotic and gluten shield they've titled it gluten shield because it sounds like you're protecting against glutens 
glutens are just found a lot in carbs. It's part of the family called the lectin family. And the idea behind protecting yourself against gluten is that there's uh, kind of a, like a, everybody has some sort of intolerance to, glu uh, to gluten, whether or not you have celiac disease or not, which is a complete intolerance to glutens. That's a particular form of lectin that's supposed to go into your gut. Your gut's this really permeable open wall like this, and it can sneak in and wreak havoc. So that's why this gluten shield provides good bacteria and feeds your bacteria. So prebiotic and probiotic in the gut, along with digestive enzymes, which Kelly mentioned, helps you break down the things that you eat. So, so that's kind of why gluten shield, and it, and it really does. We've had a lot of patients do really well on gluten shield. This is probably a very ignorant question, but you know, if somebody's taking gluten shield and they're wanting to go low carb, uh, would, and you guys have mentioned, and just so, you know, reiterate, my understanding is you guys are saying between 50 and 70, if you're wanting to, to really watch your carbs, 50 and 70 a day are, are kind of a good benchmark. If you're taking a good probiotic, does that mean that you can actually afford to, to consume 80 to 90 necessarily, or, or does that not necessarily change the, the carb count? It just changes how you maybe respond to the carbs? Ah. Uh. I mean, that's a good question. I always say, see how you feel and if and try to figure out what your benchmark is. If your stomach hurts all the time after eating. You don't take it thinking that it's going to protect you from all bad foods. It's not going to do that. It's not going to say, you know, I, you trust me, you'll have the person say, well, I eat pizza and I was, you know, but I took the gluten shield and, then, you know, I still felt like crap, you know. Uh, well, yeah, I quit eating so much pizza. I mean, just, you yeah. know, don't take that as like it's going to block out all the bad things. Take it because it has probiotics and prebiotics in it. And yeah. the benefit also before your meals, it's going to help with the carbs that you might, you know, consume. It's going to help break those down. So. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point, Kelly. And, and just to, to give everybody a little insight into us is, and one of our running, uh, I guess, jokes is, uh, do you guys remember where uh, we used to think that everything at Fresh Market was, was good for you, whether it was the apple pie or, or, uh, or the chocolate chip cookies? But it's at Fresh Market, so it's got to be fresh and natural. And <laughs> yeah, it's good. It is better. It is. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a Fritz Bernays. It's Fritz Bernays. That's right. <laughs> but it just reminds me, like, if so, you know, my what I'm taking from that, Kelly, is, is you know, if you are taking gluten shield, that doesn't, it's not a pass, you know, to just eat whatever you want. Um, you know, still, you know, make sure you watch how you feel, et cetera, which, again, goes back to the food journaling and that value. Uh, food does cost more. That That is 100% true. Better food for you cost more and and you get less of it it's higher quality less quantity if you think about if you think about if you want to if you're wanting to grow a huge thing of broccoli out in this field that i'm looking out uh and i'm going to use way less ingredients to spread it out over more of the field to get a bigger yield. <laughs> say, say that one more time kelly I would not grow broccoli in the field you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the water's contaminated. I'm just saying factory farming and having more yield for a particular crop yields less 
quality product. So that's how you get the really great deals at the big supermarkets uh, because you're getting a crappier piece of broccoli with way less vitamins and minerals and phosphorus and Better all that. Pesticides and all that. But better food does cost more and you do get less. And that is an expectation that everybody should go into the grocery store looking for. But we want less quantity, better quality uh, because we're going to eat less and we're going to feel better for it. I, I think it's absolutely worth it to do that, to do that way. It's it's not about feeling – I don't think it's about feeling full. I think it's about putting the right amount of – the right type of gas into your tank. Oh, it's totally. And, and you know, Dr. Raj has been talking a lot about intermittent fasting and, and, and that value. Like, you know, there is something to eating less. Um, and, you know, I, and I think, um, you know, what is – often happen is we, we, we think we have to eat more than we do. And, and I think what you're saying, Andy, is, you know, the more quality food you're eating, the, the, the more full you're going to feel with less. And so, you know, you're winning on a couple of different fronts there. Um, but, but guys, we're, we're, we're over the 30 minute mark and and this has been just such a fun uh, conversation. Do you guys have any just closing, you know, remarks in, in regards to, you know, tips for, for eating better just in general or, or things that, you know, things that everybody can benefit from, you know, in terms of, you know, what a, you know, what someone with type one diabetes has to, has to watch out for when they're eating. Andy, I'll start with you. Um, I think just being aware, being aware of like, start thinking about before you start eating, look at everything on your plate and thinking, where was this sourced from? How many carbs are in it? What am I hoping to get out of it? And then, and then you just become aware of like, I, you don't even have to start cutting carbs. You can just start counting them and just be like, okay, well, I'm at 150 to 200 for the day. I, I think I'd benefit from cutting that by a third and then trying that out and then taking it step, a stepwise approach. Kelly? Yeah, everything in a stepwise approach, nothing too drastic in my opinion because you, you want a lifestyle. You don't want – you don't want to go on a crash diet and then go back to your regular habits. Once you feel like you're, you know, you feel good or once you are like, I've lost the weight. No, make it a lifestyle choice. Um, everything in moderation, um, know what makes you feel good, whatever makes you feel good. You know, it's different for everybody. So, um, know your body, know yourself, um, be yourself. (laughs) You read a book. This is a good one. Um, just you know, if you feel hungry, like <laughs> Kelly, open the pages of that book for us real quick, Gail. Hmm? I think you, Kelly, you, you, Kelly, you got you got to say what the title of the book is. There's there's people listening on the podcast right now. <laughs> that book looks real thin, Kel. Sarah Lee Rachel tried really good. Um, that book looks real thin. Is that just the cover? <laughs> yeah. Where's yeah. the book? Um, the book is actually in my backpack. Um, but uh, the cover, <laughs> that's what I wanted to show you just so you guys can pick it up. But um, just if you feel hungry, just occupy yourself with something else. Don't think about food 24-7. You're going to drive yourself nuts and you'll gain weight thinking about it. Trust me on that one, okay? <laughs> so just, you know, find a good book and just take it one step at a time. And, and I, I will say, you know, speaking of books, I know, you know, I know Andy's coming out with a, with a children's book on, on type one diabetes. I really, I would really encourage anyone who's, you know, wanting to learn more about type one diabetes or 
has uh, a child with type 1 diabetes, I'd encourage you to kind of reach out to reach out to us about how to get it. Um, it's coming out soon. Andy, is there a, is there a date with that yet, or or um, is that still Not kind yet. of in the in the works? Still in the works. It's going to be spring, I think. Gotta Early spring. And and I think you know one of the things that. You know, I've learned, you know, being being y'all's brother and and uh, for the people who don't know, I'm I am the the older brother. But but uh, but I tell you what, my, the admiration is 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 the opposite here. I, I really look up to to Andy and Kelly. Um, we're between the between the three between the three of us. Uh, there's just three years, um, 14 months older than Kelly and and three years older than Andy. But but you guys uh, have always inspired me. And, uh, and I really do look up to you and it's, um, and that's coming from, from the oldest and, and, you know, you guys mean a lot to me and I learn from you every single day. Um, and this is, you know, this is obviously a family affair this morning. Uh, and I'm so pumped we got to do this and I just want to, just want to make this even more of a family affair. Um, so we've got, (laughs) oh no, for, for, for those who didn't know, uh, Tom and Jenny, uh, our parents were there, they were backstage kind of watching along and. Uh, and if you don't know, we, we all work together. We're, we're all, uh, kind of doing this every single day and, and, you know, and it's kind of fun to see everybody in, in one place, even though we're all in different places at the moment. Um, and, and I know that, you know, dad, you know, one of the, the big, uh, reasons that, that performance medicine is what it is, is, is because of the things that he learned, uh, raising Kelly and Andy. And that's something that, that I've never, never forgotten, um, as, you know, as I came on board and, 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 you know, we're trying to, to grow this thing and, and really, you know, really help a lot of people through, through our offices and through, you know, our, our social channels and, you know, our phrases, you know, stay healthy, stay educated, stay educated, stay healthy. So, so guys, thanks for joining us. Dr. Rogers, thank you for being here. Dad, uh, I don't like to, to, to say dad on, on, on camera much, but. Dad! <laughs> Hey, I've enjoyed it. This has been a rainy Saturday morning going into the afternoon. We're going to watch the Vols here in an hour or two. So I've enjoyed the carb watch today. It's really the first one I've watched live, and it's really good watching the interaction between um, Kelly and Andy being type 1 diabetics. And, you know, my focus in my practice has been more on type 2 diabetics and obese people fighting the obesity epidemic. And, Everything that applies to that applies to you guys, um, but you're certainly a great example. And thanks for teaching all these people about carbohydrates. It is all about the carbs, in my opinion, when you're trying to lose weight and maybe the timing of your eating also. So thank you. It's been fun watching you guys today. Mom, Mom, real quick, how did we do? Did we do okay? Um, I liked everything except for the fact, um, you know, when Kelly mentioned my uh, cinnamon buns from Miss Winters and my Mountain Dew and uh, uh, and the Cairo syrup. That and you- the Cairo syrup. Part of our our nutritious balanced meal included high fructose corn syrup on every table. I was <laughs> <laughs> for our beautiful genetic pool, but we did have a lot of Cairo syrup growing up. But you know, if you're out there listening and you grew up in the South, there's nothing better than the one of those biscuits out of a can. And you guys know this, like a biscuit out of the can, put some butter on it, but get that Cairo syrup, man. Biscuits out of the can. Biscuits out of the can. Guys, I got one thing in here. Health. (laughs) Locked. That door. 
Okay, it just opens to a brick wall. Could somebody get me out of here? <laughs> I was trapped here. Done. Hey, that, that's a sign, Ben. Come there we on. go. There we go. Well, guys, and thank you so much um, for, for everyone out there on the podcast and, and on Facebook and on YouTube. This is the Carb Watch. Um, we are so excited to, to, to do our best to bring this information to you on a, on a weekly, on a daily basis. Uh, thank you to the people who are in here with us, Megan, Linda, whoever else is out there that, uh, that I cannot see. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, shoot us a direct message on Facebook, or you can email us at info at performancemedicine.net. We've got five at five coming up on Tuesday. That's when you get a chance to, to ask Dr. Rogers any of your questions um, in regarding to your health. And, you know, that's a time where you can kind of ask some stuff that's uh, contextual to your health situation. Uh, so those are always one of my favorite uh, episodes, as well as the, the mid-level show that's coming up. Uh, I think we filmed that on Tuesday or Wednesday. Andy, I will see you then. Kelly, our licensed esthetician, thank you for all that you do. I like to say that uh, you are changing the face of Johnson City in a very positive way. So uh, Ooh, changing the face, changing the face of Johnson City. And Andy, I don't know what what your slogan is going to be, but we're going to work on it. Um, um, I, I don't. I don't know. I, you still make people beautiful. You still make people, people beautiful. Thank you, guys. Let, let's call it a day. <laughs> Everybody out there, see y'all. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.